hello, hello, good night, and uh, good night, good evening, and uh, and welcome to the Comics Experience Graphic Novel Club uh, meeting for the month of January. Um, our selection this month was a Black Bolt, Black Bolt, by Saladin um, Ahmed, Ahmed or Ahmad, Ahmed, Ahmed. I got yes, right. did. Uh, and, and Christian Ward, who, who yes. could not be here because he's in England and it's four o'clock in the morning in England. Um, thank you, sir, for coming. And, <clears throat> thank you for having uh, and me. Being yeah. Happy to, to talk to us about uh, this great book. Everybody read the book? Yeah, did you all read yeah. the book? Yeah. yeah? Mm -hmm. Did everybody like the book? Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Okay, that's what we like to hear. Um, so usually, as the regulars will, will tell you, that usually my first question is, is so why <clears throat> comics? Um, which I want to ask you, but I want to do it in a kind of a roundabout way because you are not primarily a comics guy uh, by trade, I guess. Yeah. Um, you know, you you are a, a prose writer primarily, mm -hmm. um, and so uh, your first book, uh, Throne of Crescent Moon, um, nominated for Hugo mm -hmm. and a Nebula, and you won the Locus Award, and for your first novel, which is pretty goddamn cool, right? Uh, yeah, it was uh, I was pretty lucky, and uh, I think it was a decent book, and it was, uh, and I was, you know, I was lucky. It was right place, right time, kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah, I uh, and uh, I'd published some short stories before that, and uh, write some poetry here and there. So I'm sort of all over the map as a writer. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. um, so so, what led you to come and do comics? Well, for me, um, I was really comics are what taught me to write. Um, uh, before I ever read prose as a kid. Uh, I read comics, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, so <clears throat> even when I uh, started to write uh, not only fiction, but even before that, when I was writing poetry, uh, <laughs> there was this kind of Marvel Comics influence uh, in everything from like poetry to essays and things like that that I was writing. Um, uh, and this um, this sort of geek, you know, the Dungeons and Dragons uh, stuff was kind of coming in, even in the kind of more literary stuff that I was writing. Yeah. And uh, so... Uh, for me, um, after the first novel was published and, uh, you know, was nominated for some awards and stuff, um, a couple of years after that, uh, uh, Marvel actually, uh, came to me, um, based, I think, uh, primarily on the kind of fact that what they were looking for, uh, a writer for Black Bolt, uh, is a sort of science fiction fantasy, um, corner of the of the marvel universe right and so uh so they were coming to me um uh, based on my science fiction fantasy writing and it uh it felt like an immediate natural fit i mean i i i think about these characters a lot so i think about comics as a form but i've also um specifically superhero comics uh it did a lot to teach me about is about story period you know and uh i um the form is a different thing, and learning about the form as a as an adult artist, yeah. a writer, is a different thing than uh, than kind of just reading it intuitively as a kid. But it, certainly, as far as storytelling and as far as writing uh, per se, I, I I've always been learning from comics. So coming to write them just felt like mm -hmm. that was I think always going to happen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when you're, um, how did you how do you how did you write it? Did you write full script? Like panel by panel breakdown, or like what they call Marvel style, where you just write them. No, yeah, I did. I, I, I had no idea 
there's an option for anything other than full script. And uh, so it was, it was just, uh, I, when I, uh, after I'd pounded out a few issues of Black Bolt that I started seeing people talking about this much uh, sketchier style of, of, of script writing, I was like, what, you could do that? So, uh, but I think coming to it as a prose writer, for me, um, to a good degree, the story is inseparable from the words that are that are telling it, right? So if I'm thinking about uh, a episode in Crusher Creel's life, right, I'm thinking of him telling the story in his own words as I'm thinking of the events, right? Uh, it's not like I'm thinking this happened to him and then I have to write, you know, it's sort of like it's in his voice. And so I can't really imagine um, the whole idea of there being this uh, this... Uh, style where there's somebody separate writing plotting and scripting mm -hmm. is mind-boggling right. to me um, because how can you how can you do that although the deeper I get into uh, the form the more I can see how they are kind of separate functions in comics in a way that they're not in say a novel yeah uh, yeah, it's interesting because even Marvel doesn't really use Marvel style any longer. No, no, um, it's pretty it's, rare. It's, right? it's not, it's not yeah, a particularly yeah. efficient way of, of doing comics. No, either. it's kind of just an extra step, really. So, um, I mean, I, I, you know, for the first bit of outlining for myself, I may do that. I may say, okay, page one, I know this is going to happen. I know this is going to happen. But even when I do that, there tends to be like, say, a sentence of dialogue uh, or a bit of a caption of, of caption prose, just for the flavor for sure. myself, you know, sure. so I know it's really going to be there. Sure. So, yeah. So what was the, or I shouldn't say what was the challenge because maybe there wasn't a challenge. Was there a challenge uh, for you from, from the muscle that you're used <clears throat> to of prose where you're, you're writing descriptively, every sentence is descriptive and counts and is on the page versus a comic script mm. where only the editor and the artist are seeing a whole lot of what you're writing. Yeah. Was that a challenge for you? How did, how did that it was, it was a learning process because, uh, I, and I'm, I'm sure that if I were to go back and, and, and God knows maybe we'll do some sort of edition like this, but if I were to go back and look at the scripts of the earliest issues of Black Bolt versus say the later issues and, and, and scripts on, on other projects, um, I'm sure that the early scripts are more, uh, prose-like in even the stuff that's just for Christian and the editors, you know. Um, uh, I'm I'm a literary writer, so I can't. I the, something in me rankles at like writing a pedestrian sentence that's just straight up, you know, boring prose. And right. so, so even when I'm just writing uh, stuff, or and they'll, they'll they'll kind of like enjoy it and laugh at it. I think uh -huh. you know because even when I'm just writing like the notes that are like, here's what's in this picture, um, in this panel. It's uh, it's alliterative or you know, yeah, yeah. whatever. Um, and uh, I so on the other hand, though, it doesn't have to be perfect. And that is extremely liberating. You know, uh, writing a novel is a very uh, exacting and I'm and particularly for me as a, a in my own style. Other people are not all the same, but the way I write prose is just I'm, I'm pretty unforgiving you know, for myself and, and it's different. It's a collaborative thing when you're writing a, yeah. a script. And so you don't, it's not the final product that you're putting out there and uh, you'll have a chance to change the, the dialogue. Mm -hmm. You'll have a chance to kind of 
tweak things you'll interact with the artist and that will change things yeah. and so it's uh it's just the stakes feel different each step of the way so it's 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 been a learning curve but uh but mostly a really enjoyable one yeah so when the editors came to you was it did they come to you specifically with black bolt yeah yeah okay. will so it wasn't like we were in you writing well you know actually actually the story is a little bit more complicated than that because um uh willow wilson and i um uh sort of knew each other from uh, various circles had interacted and uh you know a, a number of people here and there had sort of um floated the possibility of me doing comics writing here and there um uh and i i had a brief discussion uh with sana uh uh an aunt uh was now Cree creative director. I don't know what her title is, but um, uh, creator, uh, co-creator of Ms. Marvel up here. And uh, um, which your camera doesn't pick up, but there's a picture yeah, of Ms. Marvel on the wall. Giant, giant <laughs> uh, um, and uh, we had a brief discussion that was sort of like, um, you know, she knew about the novel and stuff and was sort of like, yeah, you should do something for us. But if you come up with a pitch, let's talk. And it was, you know, and I, and I sort of had some ideas for some pitches, but I was working on other projects and, never really got anything into a polished enough form to take to Marvel. And so that was sort of in stasis and, and might've led somewhere, but then Will Moss, who's uh, editing a lot of really weird, cool books at Marvel, you know, editors don't really get known, uh, uh, but he's doing, he's doing Black Panther, he's doing uh, Squirrel Girl, he's doing Thor. He's, so he's been doing a lot of stuff that's taken chances kind of stylistically in terms of bringing in other kinds of writers stuff like that, um, America. So um, uh, all those books were sort of like, uh, I think he had a, he has a really broad, quirky vision and uh, and he w was looking for somebody to do Black Bolt. And again, kind of based on the fact that I'd written a fair amount of kind of out there sort of uh, fantasy and science fictional yeah. stuff, um, uh, he thought I would be a good fit. And so we just started bouncing stuff off of each other. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Did you... Did did they pitch you on for Black Bolt? Did, did that come attached with any of the television show stuff attached to it, or or was it no? The hell you want? No, those are totally separate. Um, I mean, they're literally separate companies. Um, I mean, they're all Marvel, but right, um, a different coasts and everything. Yeah. So, um, and it was funny because I, you know, I started this gig. I took this gig and. Uh, and nobody knows who the hell Black Bolt is outside of comics, right? And so it's not like Iron Man or Thor or, you know, something like the Captain America. And so, um, you know, people, but people know Marvel now, right? Even people who don't know comics know what Marvel is. And so, uh, uh, you know, I would say, I'm writing for Marvel. Well, what are you writing? Oh, I'm writing this thing, Black Bolt, and you don't know who the hell he is. But, and then, um, it was maybe within a couple months of uh, starting to write this that they announced the Inhumans mm -hmm, mm -hmm. show, and uh, my editor and I found out about it when it was like in Entertainment Weekly. We didn't really, you know, it's it's, it's totally separate, totally separate. So it was like, and they and they had no, um, there there was like zero pressure to like you know okay make this tie in or these elements fit or any so, there's, so there's did, none of did that. Will ever say to you why Black Bolt of 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 all of the characters I I. Because, you know, I had just sort of assumed, I think, uh, that that Marvel was trying to put together a bunch of Inhumans books because they knew that the Humans show was coming out. Not necessarily to tie them in directly, right? But to right. capitalize in the wave in some fashion. I, I, I don't think so. I mean, I think that there was, um, and, and kind of, you know, to a degree remains, I mean, we're, we're in a, there's going to be 
maybe a, a bit of a lull with, with uh, um, Royals uh, wrapping up. But um, uh, I think they were just kind of looking to, to kind of revitalize in humans. And one of the ways you do that is you kind of break a team up and you sort of like try and do something different with the different characters. And so um, uh, I think Al had this uh, idea for a sort of space operatic thing uh, that he did beautifully, I think, in uh, in Royals. And um, they didn't have much of an idea for Black Bolt, except that they wanted somebody to really do a deep dive on him. Um, you know, this character's been around since the 60s yep. and uh, had never had his own solo and really nobody done a lot with him. I mean, there are like uh, uh, some Denny O'Neill bits in the 70s and uh um Anna Senti did uh, some really cool human stuff but and then uh uh Charles uh Soul did some stuff but it's it, you know nobody's really had really gone really deep with this character and yeah. I think that that was what they wanted to do was just do a book that highlighted Black Agar Boltagon yeah. <laughs> and uh um so uh I happened to uh, the prison thing actually came about because the one nascent idea that I had uh, that I was getting ready to take to Sana, but I didn't think she would take seriously was a, was a, a, a Crusher Creel book. <laughs> and it was going to be uh, about him in prison. And, uh, but I, the reason I never took it to her is the pitch just never quite cohered. And it never like, it, uh, it, it, I had one idea for how it worked and another idea and it just, and it never happened. And then Will came to me with Black Bolt and uh, he was like, well, we want to kind of get him away from the rest of the inhuman family. And, and it's like, okay, let's put him in prison. <laughs> and it just, you know, instantly clicked with this kind of other idea that I had. And, uh, and yeah, I think it worked. I think it worked pretty well. Yeah. I no, I mean, I, that's why we picked it as the book of the month. Um, uh, did you have any trepidation uh, dealing with a character who, who traditionally doesn't speak at all? Yeah, sure. It was, uh, it was, it is hard, and uh, you're sort of constantly shuffling the the tricks to use, right? So at one point, okay, he doesn't have powers, and we can allow him to speak. And it was a, a sort of thematic thing to me. The uh, the idea of kind of you know who gets to speak, whose story gets told. Mm -hmm. um, uh, it's uh, a big thing in prison when people get locked up. People telling each other stories is a, is a big way that people stay alive and kind of pass the time and stuff. And um, so to think about this character who never really has had a chance to do that, being in this really screwed up situation, but it providing this chance for him to to do that, mm -hmm. um, you know, it was just, I mean, I'm again, I'm, I'm a nerdy literary writer. And so like being able to kind of dig into all this thematic stuff and, mm -hmm. and political stuff, even with, uh, with Jack Kirby superheroes, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, uh, it worked, it worked pretty well, I think. Uh, and, and, and in terms of Black Bolt himself, you know, I, uh, it was an excuse to use sort of prose captions. Mm -hmm. Um, I think most people got what I was trying to do. Uh, there's certainly some detractors who are like, oh, this this purple prose in the uh, right. in the captions. And I was like, well, it's it's kind of intentional, right? There's this there's this bit of homage to the kind of Lee Kirby sort of uh, uh, flavor in the language. And uh, um, he's, you know, it's sort of, the, the 
they're sort of omniscient captions, but they're really from his, uh, they're sort of limited third person, right? right? Yeah. And so, uh, and he thinks like a Lee Kirby yeah. uh, voiced character, yeah. right? And so uh, uh, that's, you know, that's on purpose. And uh, in the in the later issues, you know, um, after he lost the ability to speak again, uh, you know, we've got Blinky in there, so she's she's a cheat. She's a psychic kid who can explain things, um, you know, and and you have to do a role essentially, right? Exactly, yeah. right. And so you, you you have to find these crutches and uh, you shuffle them around and try and kind of uh, not lean on one any too much. Uh, uh, any, you know, it's 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 just interesting to me that. They they went to a prose writer. So as we were talking about before, a lot of the prose that you're writing is only ever seen by the editor in terms of description. And then they gave you a character who you can't really dialogue. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like your your number one and number two weapons yeah, are kind of yeah. taken away from you. Yeah. And yet it's still this beautiful lyrical book, and that gets into the character's head. I I just I think it's a neat trick. Uh, yeah. I. I was just really struck by, you know, losing both of those things as a prose writer. It, it it seems like that must have just been a, a a real interesting challenge. Yeah, no, that that um, I mean, I do think that uh, uh, as I say, when I'm writing a prose novel or a short story or a poem, even you know, uh, I'm I'm pretty excruciating with myself. That's why my second novel's like several years delayed, right? Is um, uh, at the sentence level, and so I think that. In stuff like having these uh, these narrative captions, for instance, I maybe I'm uh, uh, a little more kind of trained to be attentive than folks who are kind of really good at hammering out dialogue, but don't think at that prose mm -hmm. uh, level. And so, uh, um, you know, maybe there's a weird way in which that that was a strength. I guess. Yes. Yeah. I overheard you while you were talking to people while you were signing in uh, in terms of the the, the next book in the series i think you said you do you're writing about 100 words a day and are you are you talking about the novel yeah the next novel yeah. oh yeah no 100 words a week which is extremely okay. slow okay. so uh you know which is just to say that you know people ask uh, a lot about where the the second book is at um and it's it's being written but very slowly and uh that just kind of you know i essentially uh was trying for several years to write a second book. I burned and destroyed a, a hard drive with a draft and mm. a lot of kind of dramatic stuff. And, uh, and basically had an old fashioned kind of nervous breakdown trying to produce the second book. And I got to a point where I was like, I'm going to write this at the pace that I can write it at. And that might mean that it's, you know, one of these books where it's like seven, eight, nine years between the first and second books. And, uh, um, I, I didn't write a cliffhanger on purpose. I tried to write a book that had a, a, a an ending, you know, um, even though there are unanswered questions, there's a, there's a click shot ending uh, to the first novel and that was intentional. And so the second book will come when it does. I've been really excited to get into comics because rather than just kind of be like, uh, uh, where's the second novel? Where's the second novel? Um, I'm still doing that, <laughs> but I'm also like writing other things <laughs> that people are digging. So yeah. So and the good. thing that I, I find interesting is, is that comics have a relentless production schedule. And it's it's been beneficial for yeah. me actually. It's been yeah. great because writing stuff every month, and now that I'm working on a couple books at once, um, I'm just I'm always working on something. I'm always either doing a, you know looking at an editing pass of something or uh, uh, outlining something or looking at um, you know somebody's uh, lay layups for something layouts yeah. or something. So 
it's uh yeah it's I don't sleep much, <laughs> but it's uh, but it's uh, it, it's been really great, and uh, the collaborative aspect yeah, of yeah. it too is really the the big booster. I think yeah. is is working with other people, working with artists and editors so closely, yeah, yeah. so relentlessly that it's like it's this real team feel, which is a very different thing than being locked in a room. Uh, with a, a hundred thousand word thing that you're supposed to produce by yourself over the course of a year, and you know, I, I have su- a wonderfully supportive fiction editor, and I, I she's an amazing mentor, but it's just a different kind of relationship than you have with a monthly comics editor that is just sort of like um, you're in constant, constant contact with. Yeah, and then you're not only doing the Marvel book; you've also got Abbott. Yay! Uh, from from Boom, yes, um, which is out. Uh, yes, technically this is out next week, but we have some advanced copies. Yeah, so. it's so exciting. The first um, physical copies I are, I'm holding here in the store. Yeah. So so how did this come about? That you're working, you know, a, a lot of times when people get brought in, uh, you get brought in at Marvel, and then you tend to get loyal at Marvel, mm-hmm. you know. And I was surprised almost that your second book is from Boom. So well, it's interesting. Um, uh, so the editor uh, of this book, uh, Eric Harburn, um, is uh, uh, I'm from Detroit, um, and uh, he's actually uh, originally from Detroit as well. And uh, uh, after the first, um, my novel kind of got some attention, he actually came to me uh, a while ago and was sort of like, have you ever thought about comics? Thought about creating your own comics? And uh, I'd love to talk to you about this. And I sort of like, again, as with, as with uh, Sun at Marvel, I was sort of like, yeah, I've got some ideas, but... You know, too busy. Uh, I yeah, I have small kids at home. It's just taking up a lot of my energy, and uh, so um, it was just it. It kind of kept getting put on the back burner, back burner. And uh, then when I started doing Black Bolt, uh, you know, a number of folks working um, uh, at various other companies came to me and said, "Hey, think about this. Think mm-hmm. about that." Mm-hmm. Um, but Eric, uh, very kind of forcefully came back and was like, you know, I really want to do something with you. I've been wanting to for a long time. It was just sort of really. And uh, I had this sort of nascent idea um, uh, for the book. And uh, I'll talk about the book in a second. But um, uh, as soon as I floated it to him, because there's a Detroit connection to the book, as I'll talk about in a moment, he was just incredibly enthusiastic and uh, everybody at boom's been um been just super um just kind of gone the extra mile for it so uh so i'm 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 pretty happy nice um and i don't know can i talk about yeah what it is yeah so so uh so the idea for the uh, for abbott itself uh is sort of basically my tribute to a type that i've always been uh been interested in uh in comics uh with things like say hellblazer but even with uh, more so with tv and things like that things like the x files and uh going further back kolchak the night stalker right uh from the 70s right i mean just amazing amazing performance um so uh and that's the the kind of occult investigator the paranormal investigator right um the uh the kind of person who uh keeps digging at the story that uh, nobody else really seems to believe in and, and uncovers um, something grisly that, uh, uh, that we should be paying attention to, but that we're not paying attention to. Right. And um, 
I I was actually watching I was watching a lot of reruns of Colchak specifically, and uh, uh, and at the same time I was watching um, my my terrible secret is that I'm a I'm a, a cheesy procedurals uh, uh, you know <laughs> junkie uh, so such a lot of a uh, Criminal Minds with uh, <laughs> uh, Aisha Tyler who, who recent uh, cast edition uh, at the time I was watching it and uh, she's just a, a super compelling actress and. Uh, and I was kind of mashing them up, and I was also just uh, for a lot of kind of personal family reasons thinking about Detroit in the 1970s and stuff, and all this stuff was sort of percolating together in my mind. And I started to think about like, well, if I were to finally tackle this type, this archetype that I've been wanting to tell a story about for a while, um, it would be different. It would be, uh, you know, it would be a different sort of person at the center of that story than has traditionally been at the center of that story right so rather than kind of a smug little fox molder right uh, you can uh, you know i thought it'd be interesting to see like well what happens if you have somebody who's kind of to a degree on the margins of of, sure. of power for that society and uh um so i started to and at the same time as i said i was thinking a lot about um the city i was born in detroit uh and uh you know, period drama is like, you know, um, it's such a thing right now that it's hard not to start thinking about, like, I want to do something with clothes and cars and, you know, the music and, you know, everything that uh, evokes, you know, this this uh, this nostalgia. And so um, Detroit in the early 70s is this this period a few years after the uh, depending on one's point of view, the, the rebellion or the riots and uh it's this period where there's just a lot of political upheaval in the city, a lot of uh, change, and uh, it's often kind of depicted as this period of decline, uh, but it's also this period of kind of renaissance, uh, particularly for black people in the city. And, uh, and there's like just interesting things going on with, with journalism and, and, and a lot of echoes of our own time. Um, Nixon is president, right? There's right. like just all sorts of like, uh, uh, there's, you know, police brutality stuff going on. So I, all of this is kind of like percolating in my head and I, uh, and it just kind of started spewing back out as this, as this book about like, uh, this kind of chain smoking, hard bitten journalist woman in the early seventies, mm-hmm. black woman who's, uh, kind of digging at this story. And, uh, because I'm me, it has to involve monsters and shadow magic and uh, blood sacrifice and stuff like that, right? So uh, um, uh, the story kind of in a nutshell was that Elena Abbott is a, a tabloid reporter in Detroit in 1972, and she's uh, the only black reporter at the newspaper she's working at and uh, um, covering everything from kind of organized crime to police brutality. Yeah. So she's really, she's not liked by a lot of different people in a lot of different groups in the city because of this. And uh, she's this kind of haunted woman uh, who um, years before watched her husband, the kind of love of her life, uh, killed before her eyes by by shadow monsters. So we don't know, quite know what they are. Um, and nobody really believes her, but, uh, but she knows they were real. And uh, um, she's kind of not been the same woman since. And uh, we pick up the story when um, bodies start turning up around town that, that uh, caused her to believe that whatever this was that killed her husband, it's, it's back. And so she's got to do something about that. And uh, I don't know. It's a, it's a story that's dear to me for a lot of reasons. I guess part of the reason is the, the protagonist 
in this story um, uh, in tribute somewhat to, to Kolchak, but also kind of my own ethics uh, is a, a journalist yeah. rather than, you know, the heroes in these stories are always cops or FBI agents. Yeah. And uh, um, while there are some good folks among those groups, uh, I have a lot of kind of personal reason and, and uh, there are a lot of political reasons to kind of not think of those as the groups to go to for heroes. And so uh, to me, journalism, especially in this era right now, we're thinking a lot about kind of what journalism yeah. can do for us. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so to make a reporter a hero was kind of like, a, I don't know, it was kind of an intentional choice there. Yeah, nice. Um, was there, is there any, or what are the differences for you between writing a Marvel script and writing a script like Abbott? Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I mean, certainly there's, uh, I guess the, the easy and straightforward answer would be like there's more freedom. Um, uh, it's a little different. It's interesting and, and um, kind of pleasantly uh, constrictive at Boom because it's actually, um, you know, we are kind of avoiding the M rating mm -hmm. there. And so it's... Uh, you know, it's still kind of like code comics, right? So uh, you'll you'll notice that the swears are very uh, they're very particular swears, and there's uh, you know um, yeah there's there are choices made that are that are um, uh, skirting certain kind of uh, uh, mature things. So not in terms of the depiction of the, the the subject matter, but just literal kind of like artifacts from from the code, mm -hmm. and uh, that was both weird and fun to work with, you know? Um, uh, but that was the real, the only real restraint, you know? And whereas working at Marvel, um, certainly, now with Black Bolt, I had pretty free reign. And I kind of feel like I got spoiled doing superhero comics mm -hmm. my first time out because, um, uh, and even with the second project I'm doing with Marvel um, Exiles, it's, it's, you know, it's my little weird corner to do my funky thing in. And it's not like I'm doing like the main Avengers book or right. something like that, where, you know, it's hyper monitored uh, yeah. in terms of continuity and stuff like that. But even so, uh, it is, a, it's a big, big universe. It's a, you know, corporate universe. It's got a lot of moving parts. And so there's uh, there's, there's oversight, you know, and with Abbott, this is my world. This is my care. These are my characters. Um, I tell them, you know, mm -hmm. what things should be like mostly. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it feels, it feels very different and, and tonally it's very different. You know, this is like, we're not, uh, we're going for something that has a, a bit of a retro feel mm -hmm. kind of intentionally, you know, and, uh, it's just, uh, yeah, we don't have to kind of, there's marketing people obviously, but it's, it's just, it's just a different kind of, it can be its own thing in a yeah. different way. Yeah. Um, I don't want to dominate the conversation because I always do. Does anybody <laughs> in the audience have any questions they'd like to ask? Yes, please. Uh, going from pros to comics, a lot of times authors, they forget that it's a visual medium and it's just the comics going to be really, really wordy. Uh, yeah. Did you ever have an issue with that? <sighs> you tell me. <laughs> um, yeah, I did. Uh, I mean, I, I could, I, if I'm going to critique my own work, yes. Uh, um, uh, the, I mean, my great, uh, sort of cheat and blessing is that that's exactly what it needed to be with the first issues of Black Bolt, right? And so the 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 my what was really my prose excess worked stylistically, and people were like, oh, it's fucking amazing, you know? And was, well, uh, I, I kind of was like actually uh, uh, babbling, but um, uh, it 
what I learned pretty quickly um, at working with Christians specifically, Christian Ward, uh, was how to back off, you know, and um, not so much that I learned. And um, I'm, I mean, here's the thing. I've been reading comics all my life, right? On the one hand. On the other hand, I'm also, you know, it's like I've got stupid degrees in English. I've teach, I've taught, you know, I, I think about narrative lots. So um, I think about form a lot. So once I started writing scripts, I was thinking visually, I was thinking about like, what do the comics I love do between panels and how does that work? But still, uh, only so much. I was still thinking like a prose writer and I was still overwriting and I was probably being overdirective to Christian, right? Um, and he really helped me start to think about, well, you don't need to spell this out because Black Bolt's doing that in the panel. So you don't need to tell us he's doing that right here, right? And uh, it was, it, it's been quite an education and it's, it's a blessing. I mean, every bit of that, that I can take off of my chest feels like, oh, oh shit, you can draw that. That's right. I don't need to like write that out. Thank you. So, uh, so it's, it's, it's still a learning process though. And I, and I think there's a difference between learning to back away as a prose writer and really learning to write visually, you know, I'm learning to, from the ground up visually and I'm still learning that. Yeah. Um, do you think that going forward for Black Bolt, you're going to keep that kind of more Chinese narrative? This Michael Ten talk, or are you going to pull him back? There are some different tricks up our sleeve. Um, the captions aren't something I'll ever back completely off of because I think it gives us this intimate and yet distanced thing that I really like doing with him. But uh, but there'll be a bit of variety. Uh, that's about all I can say about it. Yeah. Um, yeah spoilers i guess everybody said they read the book but they've been watching um is it hard to get permission to kill somebody at marvel <laughs> I, I mean a character I mean, like, it's a process yeah, it's a process there was a resistance, to... uh, resistance but you have to justify it um and here's the thing um uh it's superhero comics. It's the Marvel Universe. So you always have to write in a an out, you know? So, um, uh, you know, um, Will, you know, our, uh, our now hero <laughs> um, remain dead forever? Probably not. It's Marvel Comics, you know? I mean, who, who has stayed dead, you know? Um, I mean, you can probably kind of count on your hand the number of characters who've, who've been dead forever. And, uh, and I wouldn't want to do that to him. I like the guy, you know, the big gorilla. So, uh, but so, 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 um, part of the deal is, um, even if it's very Baroque and obscure and, you know, is like requires eight nose, no prizes to get to, um, you have to have justified some out for a future writer to pick up on. Right. Um, but, uh, uh, but they were, I mean, I, th I think it was a pretty good death and they did too. And they were pretty cool about it. Good. Um, yeah. so you have a shirt on. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I'm a nerd. So, uh, <laughs> I do. About writing like RPGs you send or. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's, that's another thing that like, I kind of learned to write doing as a, as a. You know, little geek boy with like my little uh, supplements and stuff like that. 
Um, I have thought about it. probably one of the greatest thrills of my life was that uh, the most recent edition of Dungeons and Dragons, the fifth edition. They have uh, so back in the day in the first player's handbook in in, in the first edition of D and D, in the back of the player's handbook, they had a list of like you know here's the inspirational reading for and it was you know like Conan and you know whatever else it was, um, uh, Fafford and the Gray Mouse or you know for Gary Gygax, the guy wrote D and D, and I guess about five four or five years ago, um, the fifth edition of Dungeons and Dragons came out and they did a new one and they put my novel in it. And it was like, I was like, ah, like I'm screw, just twitching for days. Right. Cool. Uh, so, uh, so the, the guys at uh, D and D have actually been, been really cool to me. I went out to a convention and like, you know, gamed with them and stuff. Um, and so, and certainly my fantasy novel, <clears throat> uh, throne of the crescent moon is a, it's pretty transparently uh, a D and D love letter, right? Like there's there's a paladin in there who's I mean he's got a turban on and he's called something else, but he's basically a paladin, right? Um, and and it's uh, uh, I mean I hope it's also deeper than just the D and D campaign, right? <laughs> uh, but uh, but that that DNA is there in that book. As far as like formally writing for for RPGs, you know I've I've kind of mumbled things with some people here and there, but I'm, it's like so many other things. It's like, I'm just, I'm so busy. So uh, eventually it's certainly not uh, beyond the realm of possibility. You mentioned your upcoming exile and stuff. Uh-huh. When you did talk a little about that, like how you guys uh, into the project, was it getting tears to do for it? What appeals to you about it? What's the, differences between writing for it versus Abbott versus in black attack. Yeah. And also is it, is it, is it Will Moss again or is it a different editor? So it's, um, <clears throat> it's, uh, my two editors, uh, at Black Bolt, Will Moss and Sarah Brunstadt. Um, uh, Sarah's, um, a little more, uh, she is, she's one to watch out for as an editor. Uh, and she is, uh, a little more upfront on this book. Um, uh, but it's still Will, uh, um, so Exiles is coming out in April, and uh, it's uh, an ongoing from Marvel. It's a team book, and it's a, a reboot, uh, a pretty hard reboot, uh, of a um, kind of beloved uh, sort of X-Men-ish spinoff book from the uh, early 2000s, uh, and uh, which is a book about alternate universe, alternate reality, <clears throat> uh in the case of the old book, mostly X-Men. In the case of my book, it's a little bit more of a mixed group. Uh, but alternate reality Marvel heroes forming a team and sort of hopping around alternate reality Marvel timelines and uh, fixing fixing things, right? And um, uh, the old book had several uh, pretty long runs, actually, um, uh, with all sorts of like weird Marvel Universe uh um, trivia and Easter eggs and stuff like that built into it. Um, and the kind of hallmark is a kind of motley crew team of, uh, of bizarre sort of incarnations of, of, of Marvel heroes. So, excuse me, um, my edition uh, of the book, uh, which I'm doing uh, with Javier Rodriguez, um, is uh, coming out in April, like I say, and it's going to have uh, five members of the team Um the first is uh, Iron Lad, um, who's last seen in Young Avengers 
our version of him is a bit different. He's uh, um, he's younger and hasn't gone through the Young Avengers experience yet, and uh, he's a he's a little bit of a I don't know a little bit of an emo boy kind of a little bit. Um, he's got some bitterness in him too that he's uh, he's working out, but also a super genius. It's a lot of fun to write, um, and uh, he's also destined to become Kang the Conqueror, which is kind of you know about to give you a bit of a complex, right? So uh, so he's fun to write. Um, uh, there is Wolvie, who is a, a, a cartoon version of Wolverine, basically, right? Um, so uh, back in the day in uh, X-Men, uh, there was Mojo, who was this uh, sort of uh, reality TV supervillain. I don't know how to explain him, but um, uh, he created these uh, adorably hideous creatures called the X-Babies, right? Um, and they were like these little pint-sized but kind of tough X-Men, right? Um but his rival, Veach, created an even more sickeningly adorable kind of uh, uh, chibi <laughs> version of the X-Men, right? Like uh, the closest thing to Muppet Babies that the X-Men could, could be, right? And, uh, um, and so uh, the idea here is that that version of Wolverine has popped out of this cartoon reality and is, has joined the X-House, so... And it, part of it is, is is maybe me trolling uh, Wolvie fanboys a little bit because it's Wolverine, but he's like this big and got big cartoon eyes and hearts popping. Friends are fantastic, right? So, uh, you know, uh, and uh, then we've got um, a version of Valkyrie um, sort of not technically from the reality that's designated as the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but uh, she's basically inspired by Tessa Thompson's performance in, uh, in, in Thor Ragnarok, right? So she's this kind of mead swilling. Uh, uh, now she's bigger than Tessa is, right? Uh, uh, Ms. Thompson's kind of small, but she was very swaggering in the film, right? So she, my instructions to Javier were sort of like to kind of draw her as big as, 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 uh, as Ms. Thompson sort of inhabited the space of, uh, in the film. And so she's this big, broad shouldered, um, mead swilling, sword swinging, uh, kind of fighter. Um, and she's, she's great. So, uh, she, Iron Lad, Wolvie, um, Ms. Marvel as an old lady, basically. Uh, right. So Khan is the name of this character. And the idea is, yes, exactly. You have to, right. Khan. Um, the idea is basically, uh, kind of like, what if, Kamala went Sarah Connor, right, for uh, for about a couple decades, and uh, so um, uh, the idea is that the uh, the IVX event that that happened a bit back and never really became a big full blown war between Inhumans and mutants uh, does in one reality, and then humans get pulled into it, and we've got this essentially big global factional war um, that lasts uh, several decades, and uh, uh, this. Uh, um, over a series of decades and events that we'll find out about during the book, um, our lovable uh, little Kamala, again, gesturing to this uh, picture of Kamala that's up on the wall, um, uh, becomes uh, a kind of bitter uh, sort of uh, 90s uh, post-apocalyptic soldier with lots of belts and pouches and a, a big laser rifle, right? So it's not coincidental that she looks kind of like a cable or bishop or something like that, right? Um, uh, but she's a little more than just pastiche, right? Um, and, and kind of 
where how she gets to this tragic place that's going to be part of the story. I mean, Willow and I are friends, and uh, Kamala's, you know, uh, a really important character to me. So this is not just a thing of like, oh, Kamala come with a laser rifle, but uh, but uh, a character that I'm, I'm hoping kind of will see an interesting journey for. And then uh, rounding out the team is the team leader, Blink, who uh, is sort of beloved neon pink mutant from the age of apocalypse storyline and uh she was the team leader for the exiles she's the one kind of uh team member holdover from the old run of exiles and uh she's this kind of veteran time hopper but who's seen a lot of really brutal stuff but uh still kind of maintains this this buoyant spirit that holds the team together and um she's gonna be uh she's gonna be uh going on some interesting places as a leader as well uh, going to some interesting places so so it's for me a kind of you, you asked uh, about after that long ramble you had asked about the the differences between that and say abbott or black bolt um you know black bolt is sort of my my broody middle-aged man uh uh solo book right and uh this is my kind of buoyant you know young teenage you know brightly colored uh team book you know it's very much kind of owes a lot to like the claremont x-men and 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 stuff like that um and is about the kind of team drama between characters and uh and uh yeah different kind of personality types clashing and also coming together to work together and um and it's also about time and history and stuff like that they're hopping between different eras the original run of Exiles really focused mostly on a kind of Marvel history per se and did so really, really well. And uh, I'll be doing that as well. Like I just got done doing a really fun uh, Namor take. <laughs> um, uh, uh, um, he's a hippie. It's going to be pretty fun. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, But I'm also digging into kind of American history. A little bit more so we've got a we've got a kind of reckoning with uh with the atomic bomb we've got a reckoning with uh with with slavery um there's some some kind of heavy things happening in there i hope and pray in that claremontian fashion of sort of still having this swashbuckling soap operatic team having fun together and drama together but also thinking about some heavy stuff sometimes yes did you pitch them uh this book or did did they pitch you well, it was pretty wild. It actually started out with, uh, uh, which um, actually ended up happening with a different writer along a different um, thread. Uh, it ended up happening that uh, Will asked me to pitch a reboot of X Factor. Mm. And uh, uh, the pitches I gave him got weirder and weirder, basically. And uh, started getting into time travel and alternate realities and all of this stuff. And some of the team members started to shift and... He said, you know, this really sounds more like a reboot of Exiles. <laughs> and, uh, oh, actually, oh, you know, I guess. And, and uh, you know, and again, sort of as soon as he said that, it said, okay, yeah, it all slid together. So nice. what what comics do you remember reading? Like, what's the first comic you remember reading? Wow. That's pretty hard. Um, Which is probably not the probably, first comic yeah, I mean that's. I, I think I'm trying to do a deep dive and remember really what the first one I really read was. But, but I mean, probably the ones I remember kind of reading over and over again first were, were um, early uh, 
Secret Wars, wow. okay. Transformers comics, okay. a lot of stuff around 1983, 84, mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. G.I. Joe comics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I think the very first comic I ever read was, was uh, from the 70s. I was probably about five, was uh, The Secret Society of Supervillains. Oh, nice which was a DC comic yeah, yeah. where with the bad guys as the leads, right? And so, and uh, it was a, a a cover with Gorilla Grodd smashing like a robot Superman, a robot Green Lantern, stuff like that, like into the garbage, into can. The garbage can, yeah. right? It was yeah. like, first we'll yeah. smash these robots, yeah. <laughs> then we'll smash the real Justice League, yeah. right? And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I remember, I remember, such a great that, cover. I remember seeing that comic on the newsstand and going, Mom, I want that comic there. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what it is, yeah. but I want that comic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Captain Cold. The covers were just yeah, were just these amazing things that drew you in. <laughs> that, that were never the promise was never fulfilled. Yeah. I, <laughs> but it's, it's so weird how comic books, super especially on superhero books, the covers are all so like iconic pose yeah. rather than like yeah. those creative ideas which. Just made us crazy when we were kids. <laughs> yeah. 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 We'll have, I mean, that, that's one thing I'm looking forward to actually with Exiles is to go a little bit, a little more bonkers. I mean, Christian um, has done some stunning, stunning covers. And, and some of them are pretty actually kind of wacky. The, uh, the, the you know, Kid Black Bolt cover uh, uh, was just uh, inspired. But, uh, but Exiles, you know, we're going to be able to do like these really weird sort of uh, wacky takes, yeah. I think. Yeah. Oh, I know what I want to ask you. Did what? Did you know that Christian was going to be your artist on this when you started writing scripts? No. I, well, uh, gosh, I think I wrote the first script before. Okay. But we we uh, I I became familiar with his work pretty early in the process. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, I didn't know his work necessarily. You know, um, uh, Will was just like, okay, here's the artist I'm thinking of, and I was like, oh god, I hope he's good, and mm-hmm. he looked up and I was like, oh wow. Oh yeah, this is awesome, and the f- but the funny thing is, I, I really, I wasn't even ready for what he was going to do with this book. Right. You know, I was like, I, I I saw some of his covers and some fill-in work and stuff like that that he'd done some great like you know Black Panther and other uh, shots, but you know he took it to the next level when he started working uh, with me uh, on Black Bolt, not with me, but when when we started working together, um, he was just you know for both of us we really I mean, really kind of almost treated this more like a creator own so far you know and it's been uh, it's been really great to see people respond to it so how did that change your uh your writing process uh you know once you knew that he was the artist and what he's capable of you know and the mood that he's capable of you know the- yeah i think uh, again I, I i started to learn to back off a little bit more um and 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 let him do some of the storytelling um and uh in terms of layouts in particular um Again, there's part of me that like, I, um, it's less because I want to be a control freak and more just like I feel somehow like I'm cheating if I don't kind of, you know, be pretty specific with layouts. But I'm, I've learned with him to be like, okay, here's a fight scene. Mm-hmm. Here's what's gonna, here's some beats that should be hit mm-hmm. and just you do that. I mean, in, in particular with layouts, he has a lot of strengths. I mean, color for God's sake. Yeah. But, but um, in terms of, kind of innovative stuff going on from panel to panel and transitions and stuff like that stuff with the gutters and stuff like that. It's just, uh, 
I know he will do something brilliant, you know? Yeah, yeah. Do you ever do your own thumbnails just to see how something flows on the page? No, I've no, never done that. No. I never thought about that, huh? Really? Mm. Huh. An idea? Um, cool. Uh, what else did I want to ask you? I don't know. Who else has a question here? Someone must have a question. We do. Yes. Perfect. Oh, thank God. Go. With how you said exiles are kind of like a, like, like, it's like timeline jumping. Are they ever going to run into black hole? Breaking teeth in this. I, I wouldn't rule out anything. Um, I, I definitely had to resist the temptation uh, with the first arc. It doesn't happen in the first arc. I'll spoil that much. Um, uh, I, but that was me resisting temptation. I like, how could you not want to do a crossover between your own two books? Right. But, uh, but, uh, no, I, it, it hasn't happened so far, but I, I definitely think that would be a cool bomb to drop at some point. So, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. yeah. I had a question. So, or like kind of comment question, but, one thing I really liked about the book was like the humility that Black Wolf. You know, he was like broken and like seriously broken, coming up from like being this king to be to being in this jail and still like having a lot of fight and vigor inside of him, but then having that broken by the jail uh, by the uh, the jailer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you. Um, and so by the end of it, though, he had like really kind of come full circle re with that vigor kind of reinvigorated, but at the same time, he lost something in the process. But at the same time, gained a lot of humility. Is that so, how do you want to carry that forward? Like, how are you going to take what's happened in this episode and move that forward um, with like the rest of the life? Yeah, uh, you know, starting with this character, um, it's interesting because I, I I like writing likable protagonists. You know, I it, it's very fashionable right now to have a you know a, a dickhead as the you know kind of main main character of whatever, uh, you you know, series. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not that guy. I like, I like people that people like and, and, uh, that I like writing and that I would want to be friends with. Um, uh, and black Bolt was not that, you know, when I, uh, started uh, digging deep into this character, because when Will came to me, my, you know, I, my thoughts were, okay, I, he's got this iconic costume. He's got the cool wings, you know, he's got the, you know, uh, he can't talk, he'll blow things up with his voice, uh, you know, He's a king. He's sort of, you know, I knew a few things about him, but then the more I dug into him, I'm like, yeah, he's, uh, he's not a great guy. He's done a lot of bad stuff. Um, he's really arrogant. And, uh, um, I think to, you can either sort of double down on that and be like, yeah, he's a dick, but he's a genius or whatever. Um, and, uh, I don't like that kind of storytelling a lot. So I'm much more interested in saying, in seeing like, well, how is this character that I, I have a kind of beef with to start with? How do I relate to this character? How do we get, how do I meet this character halfway? Right. And, um, kind of instilling him with some humility. I think that he hadn't had before, uh, was important to me to do that. And also kind of trying to see where he was coming from in a way that maybe previous writers had been less interested in um, was pretty important to me. And, and, and definitely that's part of going forward what we're going to see. Um, I mean, to my mind, uh, 
he was pretty severely abused as a kid, right? Um, uh, there's this weird arc, uh, or this weird part of Black Bolt's arc where he was like experimented on by his dad, right? From the time as a fetus. And uh, no one's ever like, oh, and that's crazy, right? It's like, it's just like, like, oh yeah, super science, right? And, uh, and so I was kind of like, well, let's think about maybe if that's got something to do with why he's uh, kind of a jerk, right? And, um, and, and without making it too like, yeah, daddy issues, you know, and, 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 and going too deep down that hole, I did want to kind of dig into some of that stuff and we're going to get a little deeper into some of that stuff uh, in the next couple issues, actually. So, cool. Follow up. I mean, uh, I'm just kind of curious about how, like, uh, I mean, it sounds like you want to, like, sort of, like, play on the character's vulnerabilities mm-hmm. and and have that be some of the attributes that are just going to, like, sort of, like, come through uh, in the character development. And, um, but is that going to soften the character? It's interesting. Um, you know, it's been really interesting kind of uh, interacting with Black Bolt fans because uh, because he hasn't had his own solo series and because he's been this character that's been around so long and he's this kind of cult favorite character. Um, there are so many people who are like, oh, finally, Black Bolt's got his own book, right? And mostly people have been really cool and gracious and, 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 and responded really well to, to what I've been doing. But there's definitely like this this small portion of, of Bible fans who basically like him because he's the m- most powerful character to some minds, or at least certainly a contender uh, on Earth, right? Uh, one of the most powerful characters on Earth in some of the iterations of him, right? And uh, and really, what they've been wanting for decades is to see him kick ass, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, I'm a you know I'm a, I'm a D and D nerd. I like, like I like stats, right? Like I I, I relate to that, so. It's, uh, um, I have tried to provide these moments where we get that satisfying blast, right? I had to, I had to have Black Bolt use the master blow, right? And, and, and stuff like that, these little things. But, um, but ultimately, you know, I'm suspicious of power. And, uh, I, uh, I, um, I think characters are much more interesting when we're looking at them vulnerable and when we're um and when we're relating to them on that level that we're either then we're just sort of like reveling in them sort of you know reveling in them sort of like uh just being being the having the biggest stat block or, or whatever right um i mean again at the same time i'm a fanboy i'm i i try to provide those moments there are more of those moments coming you know but uh <clears throat> but ultimately yeah he's he's been humbled and there's uh, there. That's a lot of what I'm interested in doing. You see what happens to us when we're humbled. Is there is there any challenge that you see taking what was a supporting character and making him a lead? Is that I don't know if that, if that I don't know if he was a supporting character. I mean, uh, I guess. I mean, really, it depends how one thinks of the Inhumans, and I guess it's the recent push that's kind of reoriented. Sure. Um, uh, but I'd say historically, they're, they're not what you They're more of a fantastic four. Uh, yeah. kind of off on the side. Yeah, sure. You go to them, yeah. they're enigmatic, and yeah. then you don't and see then them they, again, Yeah, sure. Right? So, 
It was absolutely a challenge now, but mostly, mostly it was a, it was a relief and a, and a freedom, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, like I, people are like, well, you should write, you should write Iron Man. And I'm like, Jesus, it terrifies me. The thought of like contending with the depth of the continuity there, mm. with the depth of the, of the sort of um, uh, dynamics, you know? Uh, Iron Man has a relationship to everybody in the Marvel Universe that is like probably 10 issues right. on even minor characters and hundreds of issues with, with you know, uh, his dynamic with Captain America, for instance, or something like that. Now, you don't have to contend with all of that as a writer, but I try and honor most of it, you know, sure. honor the general trends. And uh, the thing is, when you're taking on characters who are less defined in their place and things uh you have a lot more freedom yeah and so black bolt mostly was like this set of kind of like little archetypal touchstones right he's a king he can't talk he's uh his people have been hidden for a long time he's you know this and that and uh you uh i picked up on those and and really had a lot of freedom to kind of work with those yeah without having to kind of contend with eight thousand other appearances yeah yeah yeah. Um, Abbott is six issues? Was that? Five issues. Five issues. So mm-hmm. you've completed, you've written the whole thing? I'm um, just knocked out issue four. Okay. So wrapping up uh, issue five probably in the next couple of weeks. Okay. And yeah. both Black yeah. Bolt and Exiles are ongoing mm-hmm. yep. and continuing yep. moving yep. forward. That's a lot of that's a lot of comics to be writing. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's three scripts a month. Yeah. That's, let's say, you know. I'm. Uh, I'll be happy when I hand in that in the last issue of Abbott, and there's. I mean that that may other things may end up happening. Uh, her story may continue in some form, but there'll certainly be a break there. Um, uh, and yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> I'm not sleeping a lot, but uh, but it feels good to be just be writing tons, yeah, you know, yeah, and yeah. telling all these different stories, uh, really exploring. I mean, I just wrote my first comics script i i did have a project that never quite went anywhere uh that was a sort of very uh exploratory half a script with alex DeCampi. um uh, uh and it was amazing and maybe someday we'll resurrect it um but really my first comic script was i wrote like maybe a month a year and a month ago something like that 13 14 months ago mm-hmm. and i've written a lot of scripts since that first mm-hmm. one and uh, it's been really fun exploring all the different flavors and tones yeah. and subgenres, even within this narrow sort of like superhero and adventure-ish comic. Yeah. Um, um, even with Abbott, it's a, it's it's still a kind of heroic comic. Um, uh, but even within that narrow scope of of, of heroic kind of uh, adventure comics, there's so much to explore, and I've I've just started to do it. So. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Um, if if there was a character that that you could write, if you could pick one, God, it's this is such a hard question now because it's so uh, professionally fraught, right? Oh, it's I like okay. like you, 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 don't you know, have to answer like you, you're actually making the pitch. I'll, here's 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 the uh, maybe the diplomatic way I'll say this. I had a lot of fun writing Steve Rogers Cap. Okay. for the uh, issue nine of Black Bolt. He's only in there for a few pages. Um, but uh, I, he was, it was, 
I got feelings writing him, which I'm a hardcore lefty and very much like kind of, you know, almost anti-patriotism symbols and stuff like that. But, uh, uh, but Steve's always had a place, you know, in my heart, you know, since, since the like late seventies. And so, um, writing that little snatch of him was, was pretty great. And I, I, I definitely write more of him. Okay. And let's, let's reverse it then. What character do you not under any circumstances want to write? You know, it's funny. I'm, I'm like, I think the only way I could ever write Bruce Wayne would be as a villain. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'd, I'd love to write Bruce Wayne as a villain, but, uh, uh, I, I don't think, and, and probably the same for Tony Stark, honestly. Uh, um, you know, again, uh, I'm, I'm kind of a pinko. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, are there any other last questions from the audience? No. All right. Uh, I want to, I want to thank you, Saladin, for coming out. Thank um, you. Especially coming all the way from Detroit. Yeah. Um, nice. Uh, want to thank you for Black Bolt. We, we loved this book. It was a great book. Let's, let's hear some applause. Thank you guys so much. Um, uh, some notes, uh, for people. Um, uh, Spy Seal is next month's, is February's book from Rich Tommaso. Uh, Rich is going to be here on February 28th. Um, so, uh, put that on your calendar and then, uh, our March book, I'm really way out ahead now, uh, is going to be the Prince and the Dressmaker by Jen Wang. Uh, and Jen Wang is going to be here on March 16th. So that's, that's pretty exciting. Uh, she's really, really good. Um, this has been the, uh, the Cogs Experience Graphic Novel of the Month, uh, club. Uh, again, thank you so much for coming out and, and I hope to see way more comics from you going thank forward. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. And thank you guys for coming. Yeah.